Tiffany Danielle Elliott created the installation, I Promise I Won't Scream, in 2022 for the Jack Straw New Media Gallery. I sat down with Elle in the Jack Straw studio to talk about the small wooden boxes in her installation and the quiet ritual she invited over 100 women to participate in. Um, so I put more wall text than I normally do. So right when you walk up, you see, I promise I won't scream. And there's a little bit of a story about how I came to be with this idea for the show about what a silent scream is and how I was thinking about it. And then there is a stack of paper. So if you want to participate, and one of the things that's been really interesting on how to navigate is asking people that if you identify as woman or you've been misidentified as woman, um, then you can participate and you can grab a piece of paper and it'll kind of take you around the room inside and tell you how, you know, what that means. So when you walk in, there's a projection on the left-hand side of the room on the brick wall, and it's just kind of these steps towards keeping your body from exploding by letting out these silent screams. And then there's these boxes that are on the wall. And so they're at different heights, but I put them on the walls to be more accessible. As someone who does identify as a woman, often things are too tall for me because they're built for men. And so it was really important for me to think about that, what kind of bodies and what people might walk into the room. And then there's also a stool. So if anyone's too short for any of the boxes, then they can stand on the stool. And then the windows are open, and that's a really interesting part, a small part of the show to me, but something that's important is that I think a lot about who sees art and who goes into art galleries and art exhibition spaces. And I started noticing a while ago when I was showing that like most people that, there's not a lot of people that will go in. And often it's people who are comfortable in art spaces, which happens to be other artists. And so a lot of the people that I want to reach aren't ever going to walk inside an art gallery. So most shows that I do and most pieces I do, I incorporate an element that's just for everyone on the outside. So I put these vinyl letters on the outside windows of Jack Straw. So the idea is if no one even steps foot inside, that there's a piece just there for them on the outside. And so it's the same steps that are on the brick wall are also the ones on the window. And then there's the three wooden boxes, and they're made out of poplar wood. And so if someone wants to participate, they're invited to put their head inside of the boxes and silently scream. And then they can add their name on the wall next to the box with the label maker saying that they helped contribute the making of that box. So every time I show that box, their name will always be listed with that particular box as helping create it as a co-collaborating artist. And then the fourth box is called the wants. And so it's the same. It's a poplar box, but it's all sealed with mass loaded vinyl that has like a soundproofing effect because there's also an audio in the room that is, I think that particular audio track is around 43 different women silently screaming that I've put together. And so the idea is during the duration of the show, that sound is going and it's documenting on the outside of the boxes and then live participants can stick their heads inside the box and like silently scream and document that way. But the wants box, I don't want it documented on the outside. So you can take a, a paper funnel and put it up to this little tiny hole in the box. And then you can say your wants and have that documented inside the box. And then I'll add to it too, just cause I know this isn't necessarily part of the Jack Shaw um, show, but they're related. So there's the annex in the salon, and in that there's different audio pieces. There's the same piece that's playing overhead here, but there's also three other pieces, and they're all on CDs, on CD players, on the wall. And so then I made this like tapestry out of 
headphones, like uh, wireless, uh, not wireless, wired headphones. So that show is just for the women that are getting their hair done, and they can go pull one of the CD players off the wall. And then they can pull one of the earphones out of the tapestry and then listen to it while they're getting their hair cut. And they're also invited to participate. So there's a microphone on the wall and they can pull it off, take it in the bathroom, silently scream. And then I bring it over here to Jack Straw. And then that's kind of piped into the women's bathroom here. So when you're using the bathroom here, you can hear the women silently screaming from the salon. And then in the men's bathroom, I create another piece called What is a Silent Scream? A Primer for Men. And so a lot of my work is I'm trying to like point out accessibility. And sometimes by doing that, you have to like blur the lines between who something is or isn't for. I know there are so many people in the world that every day feel like the world is not built for them or made for them. And so I wanted to kind of question what would that be like to kind of just say, hey, this isn't necessarily for men. This isn't for men. But I want men to feel invited. So this piece is specifically for men in the men's bathroom. And I can talk about that piece a little bit later if you want. But it was kind of born from this idea of every person that I know that identifies as a woman knew exactly what I meant by silent scream. And then most, not all, men that I talked to were like, what is this? What are you talking about? In your artist bio, it says in both your art and curational practice, you're focused on creating nuanced conversations around all the things you shouldn't say. How'd you get to a point where that became something you wanted to focus on? When I was in grad school, I had this professor. She was like, I really love your work, but it's so difficult, and it's so difficult to digest, and you're talking about really difficult things. Why do you want to do this? She's like, this is so crazy to want to do. And I just remember saying, I don't. I've tried to be anything other than an artist. I've tried to do anything else, but I just can't. The best explanation I have is I can't stop. And so for me, saying the things that you're not supposed to say is just being honest, and it's just saying what we see. And so there's this great David Foster Wallace quote where he says, good fiction disturbs the comfortable and comforts the disturbed. And so I think of myself as maybe a disturbed person, that when we say the things that we're not supposed to say, I feel like, oh, I can relax. We're just admitting what we all see, but nobody wants to say. And so to me, that's comforting, but it does create discomfort to other people that don't want to look at it and don't want to see it. And so I'm really excited about empowering, creating spaces and empowering people to just say those things because they're happening. The installation has cries from many different women. How was the recording process for you in recording all those different sounds and screams and cries? Yeah, it was a mixture of I had a little Tascam recorder that I would give to people to hold for a day or two, or I would say, hey, do you want to go do it right now? Most of the time, women would just take it in the bathroom so they could do it privately. I also did some recording sessions here, which for the recording sessions here is pretty cool. My studio assistant um, put out like a call on Craigslist and Facebook, so I didn't know any of the people that came in. And that was actually really powerful because, you know, to me, this work is important, but I think creating this installation, I realized how important witness was for so many people to participate. So like, for instance, one woman that participated scheduled it because her father's to be the day after her father's funeral. 
there were other women who were like, I took a day off work to be able to do this because it feels so important. No one's ever cared. Thank you for caring. So that was really powerful. It was also super intense. Like, I think I didn't expect how hard it would be to sit there and hear people silently scream and silently cry for hours and hours and hours when I'm editing. So I found that I had to kind of adjust my studio and practice schedule because, gosh, I could work on it for like 30 minutes or an hour and then I'd be crying. So I would have to be like, all right, I got to take a second, step away and then come back. Why did you make this piece? What was your intention when you made it? If I'm really honest, I made this piece for myself, and that's the first time I've ever done that. Um, I've been an artist for a while, and I'm constantly thinking about, like, to me, the audience is really important, and a lot of my work is participatory. And I'm constantly thinking about how is this going to be understood, because I think of art as a language. You know, I make art for myself, but when I put it out on the walls or I put it out in public, then I think there needs to be something that's communicating as well. Otherwise, I should just keep it in my journal, right? For this piece, I literally was like, I wonder what it would feel like to just make a piece that's so personal and is just about me and just for me. And it's honestly what I need right now, this month in my life. Um, and I did that. And, it, and I ironically, it ended up being of all the work that I've made connecting with so many people even more. Like I've made a lot of work that is good. I've made a lot of work that's great. I've made a lot of work that kind of sucks and is a failure. But what I'm always looking for is something that's true and resonates with me, but also connects with other people. And it's really been humbling to me how personal this work was, but yet how much it connected with so many people. Do you know that piece by Robert Morris, A Box and the Sound of Its Own Making? No. So it's a, you know, made by a man. It's owned by the gallery in Seattle Art Museum. I think it's owned by them, but it, you can see it there. I remember seeing that piece, and I was doing all of this work, and I was in my first grad school doing this work around trauma and the body and how trauma and sound impacts the body and how sound impacts wood, which is part of the show as well. Uh, and I started thinking, like, well, what does sound sound like to our cells inside our body? And there's a lot of research and science around that, which is fascinating. And there's actually, like, very extensive equipment that only, like, the top scientists can use, so I can't use it, but where you can actually hear it and you can see the impact on our cellular level. But I was in the art museum and I was looking at that piece. And so it's a wooden box and it was made by Robert Morris. And he basically recorded on a tape the sound of making the box and then he put the sound inside the box. So you're looking at this wooden box and you're hearing the sound of the making of the box, right? So it's a piece. And so I started thinking, gosh, what is the sound of the making of my body? And so I've done a lot of pieces um, kind of with that idea. And so that was a huge inspiration for the show because all of those silent screams that were like keeping pressed inside our body, but they're kind of escaping. Where does that sound go when it escapes? What wood does it document? What is it documenting on your cells? And then how is it documenting on my cells? And 
my cells were literally made from the sound because I've been doing it my whole life. And so I just thought a lot about this is the sound of my own making. And so that's why the title of the boxes are like a sound and the sound of her own making box one. And they're actually mimicked in the style of the a box and the sound of its own making. So it looks very similar. What did you want a viewer of this piece to experience? You know, I, I think a lot about witness. And earlier you're asking me why I made this. And I think I needed to witness something to myself. You know, I've been going through some stuff where I feel a little bit crazy, like I'm not being listened to, like I'm being questioned. I'm silently screaming a lot in private right now. And so part of making this piece was about saying, and you know, I had pitched this a while before, so these this is not nothing new to me of going through situations where I feel like I'm going to explode if I can't just hold it in. And so sometimes I think what it means to be human is just to witness each other. And I think one of the things I long for as a human being and also as a woman is for someone to just say, hey, this isn't too much and it's enough and I'm not scared and I'm not going anywhere. I think about so many times when I've silently screamed, it's because I'm afraid nobody can take the real scream. No one can take what I don't want to be doing that I'm being forced to do. And no one can take me saying, hey, this is actually what I want. And so I'm pushing it down and I'm pressing it down. And so that is a desire I have to be witnessed. And I also, my goal with all of my art is just witness. Like I want love, even one person, to experience this work and say, whoa, I feel seen. Nothing's changed. Nobody's fixed it. But at least I'm not alone. I'm sitting here silently screaming, hearing other women silently scream. And there's a place for this. There's a name for it. I'm not completely invisible to the world. These screams are kind of like a private ritual for you. Mm -hmm. How is it deciding to make something that is so vulnerable for you public? I think it feels terrifying to be honest. And so much of my work is about getting people to be okay being real and saying things and seeing things. But it is terrifying to be vulnerable. And, you know, I can kind of like compartmentalize and like, oh, it's just art and people don't realize it. But then I'm sitting here on this podcast saying, actually, all of those words on the window are just straight out of my journal. I didn't even edit it. And that's what I did because a man was arguing with me about something and I thought I was going to freak out. And so I wrote this so I could go back to a conversation with him. It feels vulnerable, but I also feel like it just feels human. My therapist, I started going to therapy a while, oh, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. It's amazing. But I started in therapy several years ago. And I remember I came in and I literally said, I'm coming to therapy because I want you to teach me how to hold a grudge because I can't ever stay mad at people. And then I keep getting hurt by them. And she just kind of laughed. And then years later, I was just like, so sad and like going through some grief. And I was like, man, this is not why I came to therapy. I came to therapy so I could protect myself and be happy. And she was like, what? That's not why you come to therapy. You come to therapy to be more human. And I was like, this feels horrible. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but that means you're human. And I think that's what it feels like to make art. Or that's what I'm walking toward is just being honest, being human, and then trying to be a part of community with other humans so that they can be honest. Because I know the more honest I am, the more honest they can be. When I'm around someone that is just truly themselves in the most humbling way and vulnerable way, then I think, oh, I can be vulnerable. I don't have to protect myself because they're not protecting themselves. 
what are people's reactions to your installation so far? I think that it's been interesting to see conversation brought up when there's like, I'm talking to a couple or they like experienced it. And then the woman is like, oh, this is so cool. I do this too. And then the man is like, what are you talking about? You go in the bathroom and do this? I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life. How did you not know about this? And so I think that's been interesting, that conversation. I think there's also been, there's been a lot of discomfort where I've heard a lot of people say, I can't do that. That's uncomfortable. Or like, whether it's like coming in the main gallery here, leaving pretty quickly, or like not wanting to participate because there's too many people around, which I totally understand. I think I'm still trying to play with what does it mean to create comfort for discomfort. And I think in my work in the past, sometimes I've not created enough comfort. And so people are like, oh, that's horrible. I don't want to participate. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to look at it. And so I think I struck a little bit of a balance where people are willing to be uncomfortable for a little bit. But I've also seen people like, this is like, like a viscerally hearing other people silently scream, I can't hold it and I don't want to feel it. So to me, this is like the beginning of this project where I want to take these boxes. I want to show them. I want to create more boxes. I want to continue this audio work, have people be able to record it. I think the participation element has been the most positive thing where when people are participating, like, wow, that was amazing to be a part of it. But another piece that I haven't talked about the show that's really important is as an artist, I I'm honestly thinking I'm an artist, but I'm also a female. And there's a way that things are done within a patriarchy. And in the art world, unfortunately, there's so much white supremacy and patriarchy just in glued into it. I mean, very little of artwork owned by museums, very little. It's less than 5%, less than 10% in the whole Western world is by women. It's mo- it's like 96 to 97% white men. That's insane of like the artwork that's owned and presented by museums and galleries. And I think there has been some movement to change that, but we have so much work to do. And so the more that I've done this as an artist, the more I realize how the art world is not built for me, even as a woman. And so I think this idea of naming something, owning something, this is my work, um, is very protected. And so I really like pushing that and being like, what does it mean to have someone who wouldn't say they're an artist or just a random person that walks in able to put their name on the wall and now they're an artist and kind of like collapsing that hierarchy and creating this collectivity, which to me is a more feminine way of being. And when I say feminine, that doesn't mean like for men or for women. It's just a style of leadership, of collectivity that I love is this like, this is for all of us. And I'm doing this for you. You're doing this for me. We created this together. I don't need solo credit for this. And so that's why it was really important for people to be able to do that. And so that's been fun seeing people's reaction of like, wait, I can put my name on the wall. I can be a part of this. And then, you know, there's probably been less traffic here at the way just kind of opening up the Calico. We opened it to the public and we had 120 people come around that night. And so that was pretty wild, totally different type of person because it was a hair salon and they were coming to an art opening. So that was really interesting too. And they're listening to it in the salon chairs with their headphones. But for men that, that identifies men, the reaction's been different, either from a little bit of like, I don't know what it is, like silence and difference or like, oh, this isn't for me or, oh, I don't know how to talk about it or am I going to get trouble talking about it to sometimes a little, I had a couple of men like puff up and be like, I silently scream. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, just like frustrated, like, no, 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 I've done that noise before. What do you mean this isn't for me? And I think that's really interesting to do something that that you're not a part of, that you're used to always being a part of. I did this really great show with Lorena Cruz Santiago as a curator for Interloper, and she's an artist. And so it was part of the series I curated called This Isn't For You with parentheses around the NT. 
And so she is from this indigenous community in Oaxaca, and they speak a language that is very underrepresented. So she created this phrase for a billboard that we built for her, and it wasn't in English. It was in this language. And then we had this huge opening. All these people came, and everyone was like, no, 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 what does it say? We're like, well, if you can read it, it's for you. If you can't read it, it's not for you. And people were so frustrated. They were like, but but like, can't you just tell me what it means? And I'm like, no, if you can read it, it's for you. And that's a fascinating idea to me of like the entitlement that people feel that this should also be for me. And so sometimes in pointing out how inaccessible things are to everyone, if you kind of make it less accessible to the di- dominant group, it kind of highlights that. Do you have any plans for this piece beyond the Jack Straw New Media Gallery? Like, to me, this is like the end of the show, but also the beginning of the show, right? Like, it is a show to come and see and participate. But I want that one of like all of those boxes to be in other spaces, galleries, non-galleries. And then I want those names to just keep growing. Like, I would love to have a box that has been documented with the sound of thousands of women. And then just to see all of those names listed to me feels so powerful. Like not to like get on my soap soapbox ring quote, but like I just love the idea of a piece of art created by thousands of women together and really kind of pushing back on this idea of like the solo genius artist that like this is my work and saying like no we are doing this together we're screaming together we're creating together and we're sharing credit together (laughs) 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 (laughs)